proving fighting can be way more fun from outside the cage. You get to travel. Uh, a little thing called beer jitsu. We're going to get to it. Which means it's time for verbal tap. Show that proves something about what I just said. I am your host, Kevin. With me, of course, Raph Esparza. Raph, off a plane. It's California's on fire. How you doing? Uh, first of all, I want to preface this by saying I feel very bad for the victims who are affected by the fire out here in California. There are some high, high winds, and uh, there are a lot of people who have to vacate their homes. So we feel very bad for their homes and premises that uh, have been affected by this. Now that we've gotten that out of the way, um, I will say when you're about to get ready to get on a flight from Texas back to Southern California – and you see an update from CNN that says high winds causing fires in California. You think, well, that's going to make for a great flight back. And you must have obviously known you were headed into some bumpy terrain mm. with some nervousness in a high tension community. And understandably, with those winds and that dryness, California, we love you. You're home. And Raf. Let's talk about Texas. Can we please? We're going to talk about UFC. We have a under. Uh, he's fine. Mm-hmm. Noah Tillis is on the show mm-hmm. here tonight. He's fine. Anyway, he's going to stop by and talk about UFC and whatever. But in the meantime, we're going to EBI and then Raf. You've got your trip is unbelievable. I got to hear about it. There's a lot of things we're going to talk about because you you just Raf does that thing where he'll send me like a picture. Or just this random 10-second video where he's in heaven. I'll, we're going to get to it, but we got a lot to sort out about the bullshit messages I got teasing me. Pretty breadcrummy situation. EBI, you were there. Mm. You interviewed Craig Jones. You sent it to me at work today. I haven't gotten a chance to listen to it because it was just like a kind of a sore point for me. Yep. You were there. It was unbelievable. Mm. Talk about it. Like, give me your overall impression. Fastest EBI. You were giving me facts that were just nuts. Yes. Fastest EBI of all times is I said before I left to go to this show, I said, I have a gut feeling this is going to be a fast one. Now, I never said that going into an EBI. But here are some factors that make the EBI more fast. Uh, For instance, numero uno. The fact that we now have one period of overtime in the preliminary round. Awesome. Awesome. It's awesome. Not if you're Rustin. Okay, sure. (laughs) Because if you're him and you go, we do three of these now, wait, no. (laughs) Then it gets a little sad for you. I didn't know that happened to Rustin. It did, unfortunately. That clarity. That's amazing. A lot of you guys didn't see it on the home feed. I know no. you don't get the full experience. <laughs> I wish that they had just cut to him screaming that with a shaky <laughs> camera. <laughs> when it did happen, I did feel bad for him because I stared thinking at him as he was getting ready to to go again. And his coach is just like, what the fuck? We go again. We keep going. And then, you know, everybody else there goes, actually, for the rules meeting, we kind of said that you only do the one period. And Russell could have done very well in the tournament. I can tell you one person who uh, breathed a sigh of relief, it was one Gord Ryan. Now, I want to talk about where I was positioned in particular 
uh, for this EBI. Very small space. So this is at the Onnit Gym, which is a beautiful place. The Onnit Gym itself is huge. So you've got workout areas. You've got Cairo there. Uh, you've got, geez, just a warm-up mats. Uh, and then this big facility where they have 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu there at the Onnit Academy. And then they also have, I believe they're a Bang uh, Muay Thai affiliate as well. That actually so, explains some things about some t-shirts, I see. Because yes. there was a moment I was like, are they 10th Planet? Or are they not? They are 10th Planet. Okay. Yes, they are an affiliate there. So, you know, when people were asking, they're like, why this venue? Well, I do believe they're trying to cut down on costs for EDI. So, step one. Step two, I think they wanted to give it to somebody who has been thriving, and it only makes sense that it's at a 10th planet. And Austin's a very, very fun place. So, it kind of makes sense. Also, if I'm being honest, I just wonder if they're at the point now where they're just going to pick places where they go, that seems like a fun place to go. I'd get drunk there. Let's go there. Can't wait or for they them say, to choose Denver. I'm pretty stoked uh, about that. Yeah, Kevin's favorite game. And, and let me get here, Kevin, which is follow the weed. Yup. Austin, notorious. Yes. So um, where I was sitting, though, Kevin, this is an important thing to know. I was sitting at the edge of the mat, strong side right. Those of you who said you could see me on the show – phenomenal uh, we love the fact that you were looking for me i was just trying to blend in but it's hard to blend in when you're sitting right next to gordon ryan now i'm not talking little gordon ryan not talking nikki aka little nikki i'm talking about big gordon ryan which is gordon ryan's dad so gordon ryan's dad has previously been described on this podcast if i'm remembering correctly from one Craig Jones himself, Mr. ADCC formerly, now Mr. EBI, when he said he kind of sounded like Joe Pesci. And he's not wrong, Kevin, because the whole time Gordon's dad was yelling out during like the entire show and just being like, Gordon, you're better than this guy. Put him away, Gordon. Use your strength. And he we, was making... We've heard some stories Everybody. about Gordon's dad, yeah. too, from Gary, from Gordon. Like, there's some funniness to be had here. So he's but the Joe fact, Pesci screaming at Gordon next to you? The fact that he's yelling at Craig Jones in the finals, which was hot fire, and we're going to get to that in a second. But when he's yelling at Craig Jones indirectly and saying, Gordon, he's a bum. He doesn't deserve to be here. And then all of a sudden, you see Craig Jones. I think this is one of my favorite all-time EBI moments. While being threatened with his back taken in an EBI overtime round, puts a shh noise into his defense. So while defending the choke, looks at Mr. Gordon Ryan, a.k.a. Gordon's dad, and does the shh and has a big (laughs) smile. I have never laughed as hard as I did. And big Gordon Ryan looked at him and goes, I love that kid. He's great. <laughs> so <laughs> mutual respect all around. However, a of, he's a bum. admiration in that finals match. However, don't forget uh, uh, Craig Jones. He's also a bum who, who doesn't deserve to be in your same place, Gordon. So that was hilarious to hear. So that was where I was seated. Um, I also had a, a front row view to a number of exciting finishes. All of them including Craig Jones, because, Kev, you brought up an important factoid, which I didn't bring up in my interview, and I should have, and I, I regret it. But what was our official ruling for Craig Jones's 
uh, submissions throughout that night. Didn't count. None of them counted. Okay, why didn't they count? <laughs> no, come on. It's a minute? No. You have to do it. Like, uh, four to seven minutes is impressive. Seven to 12, nice job. Like, those all count. But not, not within 60 seconds. Sorry. When we... I would say that my biggest aggravation with Craig Jones was the fact that when I started taking photos and I didn't have enough time to change the shutter speed and the match was over, I was pretty pissed at him. Like, I did shoot him a look that's like, how fucking dare you, dude? We don't need, we're, we're not going to get to see you grapple for a whole minute, you selfish <laughs> bastard. Like, okay. I guess that's how they do things in Australia. We didn't know that. Because we've only seen Kit Dale. And I mean, come on. It's not, uh, we're not that type of heel hooking. We haven't seen anybody do that. So just so surprising from the land. But let's be very there. clear. This was the final match we deserved. Now, there was talk of Rusta making it all the way. And that didn't happen that night. I, myself, you as well, we were rooting for a Jones and Ryan final and we got the match we deserved it was hot fire throughout this tournament and let's talk about some of those highlights for sure i've but got I wanna... the thing in front of me okay but i want to talk about this let's build back up to the ending because i feel there's something good to talk about there but let's give some shout outs to some people who did some amazing things kev where, where do you want to start here i want to start with dan borovic Mm. who fought Gordon Ryan as well as anyone did. And Dan Borovic is dangerous. I felt, and this is a simple, no one gives a shit about this. Dan Borovic starts with most, almost anyone else in the bracket outside of Craig Jones. I think he goes a little deeper in this tournament. You, he, I thought he put Gordon in some interesting situations, and I was impressed by his defense. I thought he, he had the death slot. I thought he had that no man's land slot to be like, oh, who's my first round? Gordon Ryan? Cool. Thanks. And he made the most of it. He almost took him to time. So Gordon was sweating. And and maybe it was just being so close to the athletes. Normally at the RFM, we have a little bit of resistance, a little bit of further space. But Gordon was huffing and puffing in that match. And I think it was due in great part to, uh, you know, Dan Brovic. He's got a really cool game. And I like the fact that He's a game competitor. He does both gi and no gi. Um, you know, we got the chance to, to catch up just to chat just a little bit back and forth. But uh, I have nothing but high respect for that guy. If we go to the next batch, though, this is who I feel needs. I think they might have gotten my MVP of the day. I was going to say, you get the call out. You get the next. Because I expected Craig Jones to have a good tournament. I was wishing it. I was putting it out in the ether. So was half of the community, I think, um, at least the ones who were hating on Gordon Ryan. It's a it's a hard split. But Patrick Donabedian, he's normally, Kevin, just to give you some idea, he's normally behind the scenes helping to run EBI. He won the EBI qualifiers, had a huge tough pick in EBI vet Dan O'Brien, who previously had taken Gary Tonin to overtime like gary couldn't submit him it was very mystified but patrick came in with a great game plan was aggressive from the start dan's usually pretty prone to letting his defense do the work here dan got on the inside of uh, a little bit of the attacks and pat just had the right tools to put it away i ended up getting a heel hook that really surprised dan o'brien 
And I have to say, Dan is not an easy person to submit. If that's not clear, then I don't know what else I can say to make it even more. But the fact that Patrick won the qualifiers, got that first round win, um, I think he's got maybe, maybe most most valued player, especially on the underestimated sense. So he had a tough draw as well. Uh, but he definitely, next, again, which, damn. Definitely made the most of it. And I want to say that by being somebody who normally helps out at the EBIs, uh, he held it down very well. He, he normally helps out with, like, the social media and shit like that. So normally he's one of the guys helping to post shit when the EBI is going. So when I looked at him, I was like, yo, dude, I know you just submitted Dan O'Brien and all, but could you please update the social media? Like, this is ridiculous. Like, dude, I expect you by the time you finish getting your hand raised to like, "Mm, let's move on, update the site. So anyway, kudos to him. He put up a very funny uh, post of him saying like, you know, hey guys, I just appreciate everybody. And it's funny to me because he puts that like, uh, hey, I beat Dan and at some point he'll get another match with me, I'm sure. And at some point, I'm going to get another match with Gordon Ryan. So it's not the typical, ah, uh, what can I say? Things didn't go my way, guys. Here's another 800 words about jujitsu. Sorry to what my training partners, but I believe what I'm me. learning. I just, there was a critical error that I made. You know, we should start uh, putting like a, a website where we can have people submit some of those terrible ones. But no, he took it in good stride. He said, I'm going to have uh, another match with him and he'll have another match with me. And it's great. I think it's, uh, it's a good perspective from uh, a guy who, who works really hard. I know, I know what a great grappler he is. So um, at first hand, I've, I've trained with him and he is tough as shit. Uh, Casey, I want to call him Helen Berger because I feel it's a better name. I like Helen Berg. That's fine. Uh, I agree, but let's just call him what he is. But he was nasty. He's got so much intensity. So uh, major props to him. He advances, and I want to make sure that we point this out. Uh, Jess Ray, uh, from Nice Guy Submissions, if there's one thing to impress upon, it's that you have to have absolute focus at all times. And just when I was being put under pressure for a majority of his match, didn't lose composure, found a Kimura from underneath against a very game Big Red. Like, Adam is the shit. And just when I just kept calm, found his Kimura from underneath. And most people were like, oh, he's not going to get that. And next thing you know, they see him tap. And, uh, you know. It's a lot of dude twerking on a Kimura. It's it's not your normal, like... (laughs) I just, I was like, yeah, I get it. I mean, if you get in there, (laughs) and I agree, him winning over Adam Schaff, who's a fun guy to watch, too. He's always, we see him only at EBI, I feel like, maybe occasionally at like a Nogi thing. Super fun. Chester, that's a great matchup. I was really impressed by this EBI. I had a blast through these matches. And then we're about to get into some, like, weirdness, which really saved the show to your point. So Chesare wins and then Andrew Kimler defeats Rustum overtime in like a yes. who's got a more aggressive forehead. <laughs> Definitely. So it was a fun match to watch on that side. Um I, I, I wanna say the minute that we saw uh 
Craig Jones put that first heel hook in. And I could only think of, you know, Andy, who's a beast in his own right, uh, from victory. But I said, all right, Craig's off to a good start today. I think he's going to have a pretty good day. So we move on. As the tournament continues to go on. You also have Marcel beating Travis uh, I was going to say Marcel Goncalves, who is uh, one of the nicest human beings there is out there. Um, I got the chance very briefly to say what's up to him. Shot the shit a little bit back and forth. Just a really, really cool guy. Um, But yeah, as, as the tournament does, Kev. The tournament goes on, and uh, I don't want to say there's surprises at this point, but just intense matches from here on out. Yeah, because Aaron Johnson looks like a psychopath. Over Absolutely. Kirschwin, we get Gordon Ryan, Patrick Donabedian, first round. And Patrick <laughs> just looks good to go. So I actually didn't know he was behind the social media. That's interesting. Yes. Uh, people that do both, Raph. That's upsetting. It's always like, uh, okay, fine. All right, calm yeah. down, Patrick. So, yeah, y'all don't have to worry about that with us. We're pretty good just doing yeah, the one thing. Deep in the podcast. We're focused on podcasting and comedy, so we're not going to get distracted by successfully competing at EBI. <laughs> Absolutes. <laughs> Gordon good. Ryan defeats him via armbar, which we're kind of getting used to. I mean, he's so dangerous from that triangle armbar Kimura. It's just brutal. Yeah. Yeah. So then Casey Hellenberg versus Chesare Children. <laughs> Unbelievable match. Great match. Casey Ellenberg's huge. We got to roll with him. I got to talk to Jubera about him because I know he's gone up there and trained. It's like, how is he during casual training? Is he <laughs> is he intense? Just because he looks vicious. Like, he just looks like, I'll pull guard. Knock yourself out. Hmm. Beats Chessere via armbar, ref. Big yeah. guys doing little guy shit. I didn't like him at all. Yeah. Nobody needs that in their lives. Aaron Johnson kind of jumps to armbar on Andrew Kimmler, beats him immediately, just seconds mm. in. And then something crazy happens between Marcel Consalves and Craig Jones. Would you like mm. to take what happens, Raph? Well, um, you know, kind of what we thought would happen. Because when you're watching this, and I mentioned this before, that I didn't get enough time to reset my camera. So on this one, I was trying to be as on top of things as possible, Kev. But Craig Jones, his ability to find leg lock entries into any particular moment, Kev, you you don't feel it's fair. You feel like, did we agree to both start this match now? Because I was pretty sure I didn't. I thought we were no legs for the first five. Are we not no legs for the first five? I thought it was like ADCC, like first five minutes, no legs, right? No, it was okay. about takedowns. <laughs> so like, no one know, believes it, but they're just like, maybe, maybe what was the, but here's what's the most fascinating part of this. Craig, for the most part, didn't fuck around with anything else. He just literally would sit the guard. And when he would do that, he would just say like, all right, now you're coming into my world. Marcel, a great passer, but mm, you know, when a dude swept immediately in Z guard. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and that beautiful Z-guard of, of his. Um, Fakes the pass. So, mm-hmm. Sits inside heel hook. Via, I mean, honey hole, what, what would you, is it like reverse Ashigar? Something, uh-oh. I don't know the Danaher term. I know the Brandon McCatherine from Leglock Academy. <laughs> <laughs> term. 
So when you have all of these things and more, man, you just you can't help but look at Craig Jones and say you're going to have a pretty good day. Uh, as we continue on, Gordon uh, ends up going the distance to overtime with one Casey Hellenberg, and that was a good match. If anything, that was a great match. I thought there was an amazingness from uh, Craig Jones, who in our interview, which you could see on Verbal Tap Cast on our YouTube page, he was very, very appreciative to, to uh, one Craig uh, uh, or Casey when Craig said Casey basically wore him out for him in that final match, which I wouldn't disagree to. Big guy. And it just. <laughs> That's a lot of dude. It's not just a lot of dude, but it was Gordon having to use all of his skill to hold on to that rear naked choke and Casey still able to pick him up and <laughs> lift him into the region of almost standing back up, shaking his head like, nah, he doesn't got it. And then Gordon proceeds to face crank like nobody's business. So that my friends was uh, something spectacular to witness. You don't get a Hibero black belt easily. They're very yeah. difficult to get. They're super difficult. Casey Hellenberg got one. He's had one for a little while. Very good. Hmm. And a gee guy. So, hey. Uh, Craig Jones did not struggle <laughs> quite as much. This is feels... Saying it a third time is like, God, I feel dirty. I don't even... No. Uh, Craig Jones defeats Aaron Johnson seconds after the fight begins. <laughs> and, and even was Aaron so... Johnson was like, are you fucking kidding me? I thought we weren't doing leg locks for the first same routine. It's like, good match, man. Nice work. I thought it was odd in that for a split second, Aaron was coming back with a leg lock of his own. And I go, no, no, he wasn't ready. No, why? And, uh, you know, they both go to stand up. And then you have to wonder about the legitimacy of these leg locks, Kevin, because uh, right afterwards... He picks Gordon up and does like a round with him as if he had won a little league game. Now, Craig is not exactly the world's biggest absolute individual. He's an individual who can eat a cheeseburger two hours before competing because he's a freak. Or drink a beer. But Yeah. But when getting picked up in the air for a person who was just quickly tapping because he was about to die from leg... Uh, it is kind of funny to watch him like run around with him and then like almost say, "Uh oh, I think gravity's about to take over," because it looked like for a split second he was gonna drop Craig Jones because he forgot like, "Oh yeah, that's right, my leg." Fuck. So it's fun to watch live. Uh, we almost saw the final round not happen because of that nonsense. But all right, Kev, let's talk about it. Gordon versus. Awesome, awesome match goes to overtime physically depressing gordon ryan and gets saucy there is an immediate i forget how it starts who the f cares craig jones gets the back i guess he goes first puts gordon immediately well i guess hold on did they escape around first before the attempt so essentially what was going on for most of that fight that I found very interesting, Kev, was you had Gordon respecting Craig's leg lock entries. Not to say that Gordon doesn't have his own because obviously he's still phenomenal at that. And very good at defense on it. Sure. But I think he was so weary 
it kind of affected even his passing. And in the past year, he's changed to more of a passing individual. At ADCC, we got to see a little bit more of Gordon kind of standing up with individuals, especially when he was testing himself uh, earlier this year at uh, ADCC trials here when he had a last-minute super fight. So when you see all these things and you see him have to respect Craig Jones' game, even though maybe that game a year and a half ago was the majority of what Gordon was attacking, you said, okay, now we've got a fun match here. It's a little bit of a twist on things that we've already seen. At one point, Craig said that he had something where he was maybe kind of looking at uh, a heel hook. Gordon kind of had that Kimura, uh, at least that lockup where he, I mean, I want to impress this upon you guys. I went to the Gordon Ryan seminar last week. So it, it's been a, a week full of crazy for me in my you life. Bastard. But I went to Gordon's seminar, and it was phenomenal. And Gordon asked me to be his uke. So he demonstrated all the moves on me. And when that happens, I think he might have picked me because he wanted to choke me out a number of times. But I will tell you guys one very small thing, which is this. Uh, that Kimura grip that he's got is powerful. And that was him using no strength. Like, drilling speed, that Kimura grip that he had from any position was like, oh, yeah, I can't move. And he would even tell me, he's like, he's like, Ralph, uh, get up and move like this. And I'd go, I can't move, dude. I'm, he's got it really solid. I know that's what I'm supposed to be doing, but I can't even move at drilling speed. What the shit is this? So anyway, I thought that would be worth note. Um, but yes, we get all the way through the match, which is thrilling to see back and forth. At one point, we even see Craig starting to pass a little bit, which I'm not sure we even thought was going to happen. I thought that Craig Jones was going to be really cool on just letting it all happen and, and sitting down and uh, not worrying about it too much. Was like, but instead, kind of bored, so I thought I just thought he'd hang. <laughs> so when we get to overtime, Kevin, what happens here? Swiftness. Well, so I was asking, I forget if there was a round before the submission round. But the arm bar is what? Craig okay, Jones there was. From so here, here's the setup. It's the first round. At this point, they both go back. Gordon has a little bit better of a understanding of how to attack from the back. It just seems like he puts in that time. Uh, Craig just seems disinterested to the point where I think he even let Gordon get the body triangle because he just figured like, oh, I think that's what I'm supposed to do. Oh, that's right. There was a defense. long body triangle sequence. That's so uh, you got Craig in the next round who decides to go and do a body triangle of his own. He gets it. And uh, thanks to the wonderful coaching from one Denny Prokopos, he seems to contain Gordon a little bit better. And now, Kev, now is where it gets fun. He, now he, does he gets he that transition yeah. and transition. And I got to say, I was a little... Like, the audience was on its feet. I want to make sure everybody knows this. When they saw that arm bar, and it looked like Gordon was going to struggle to move that arm for the next day. I know they asked him afterwards, you know, how does your arm feel? And maybe you could hear it because the microphone kept popping in and out. But uh, I guess sort of like Gordon's elbow. But when they asked him that, Gordon just gave a very, instead of a yes-no answer to how's your arm feel, does it hurt? It was, uh, um... We'll, we'll look and see what it feels like tomorrow, which 
is not the answer. In fact, that leads me to believe, yes, it does hurt a lot. If it doesn't hurt, you don't say like, oh, you know what? I'm going to have to think about that. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm feeling pretty good, but um, pain on the inside, crying a lot. But no. (laughs) So Gordon does that. He manages to get out. And I had to say. Through a sheer, like, I would have tapped many times. Oh, all of us would have tapped. But the one thing that I think was amazing, not just the angles, but it was also the way in which uh, Gordon, when he got out, I thought for sure Craig was going to go to a triangle. I thought that was going to be the last move because he's still in the armbar. didn't look. He threw that leg over the opposite side. I, we've seen people finish with that. It was reminiscent of Gio and uh, Eddie where he kind of was losing it and then amazingly made it happen at the end uh, in their infamous EBI 10 overtime. And then I saw a split second, especially when you have long legs like Craig Jones, where I was like, if he just pulls him up, he could probably go into that triangle. And it just depends. If it looks like he's keeping the submission on and it doesn't break the action and it looks like he's still holding on to it, they can't really call it. But uh, instead, Gordon got out. And then Gordon got his opportunity. And uh, when he was doing it, it just looked like Craig just goes, I don't really want to do this anymore. I'm good. And that's not to discredit Gordon. Gordon was doing the right things. He ended up getting a rear naked choke at the second period of overtime. But at the same point, like Craig Jones was like, dude, I've had fun. I'm exhausted now. I think we're good here. So, uh, yeah, but I, I will say that is the closest we've seen Gordon getting submitted this past year. I'm not talking about 2016 Gordon, who had the whole, you know, Philippe Pena thing. But that was that was a legitimate, legitimate moment and a true testament to the fact when people want to be haters, you can't hate on that. That was just unbelievable. And yeah. I want to talk now, props CBI. Uh, more about your little adventure. All right. You start fight to win. Joey Haas has a big fight. Wins in a tough yes. decision. Great photos. Looks super ripped. Mostly Photoshop. How is fight to win? All right. So fight to win happened. It was uh, cool to see all of our friends get uh, major super fights. So let's give some few shout outs that we've got going on. Uh, Joey did well. He had a very, very awesome opponent in Morgan Smith. And uh, they put on they put on a good match. It was fun to watch. So credit to him on that one. Other folks who did great that day, uh, you had Micah Chicken from uh, Northridge out this way, Blair Troop. Uh, I should probably uh, double back on this, though, with uh, the whole Joey thing. So I don't know what it is. They might be slightly illiterate, Kevin. Now, I don't want to put blame on just fight to win because I've seen other organizations do this. EBI has done this as well. But nobody knows how to do or say Jean-Jacques Machado. For whatever reason, they mix it up. Now, Lord forbid you say Jean-Jacques Machado and the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club because we've heard the Jean-Jacques Machado me, which made us laugh. That's the something John Angeles Club? <laughs> well, it was close to that. At EBI, they said the Jean-Jacques Jiu-Jitsu Club. And all of us looked at each other and go, eh, you know, that's not bad. No. 
no, nah, you know, we can get behind that. I was like, there might be some great branding in that by accident. It was one of the first times because we we get so used to them messing up the names that all of us collectively looked at each other and just go, shrug. Sure. Uh, so anyway, there was that. Um, Josh Vallis picks up a win over a uh, very talented Wes Levine. Uh, John Cobes loses a decision but makes his way out to come train with us. And uh, he was kind of working on some of the escapes that he was uh, being thrown at a million times faster than he and I were working on. Uh, but it was great to see him utilize stuff that we were doing. And I went up to him and I was like, dude, I'm so sorry. I couldn't help you get better prepared because I was going at one mile per hour and your opponent was 120. So, yikes. But those were, were fun matches. I do want to bring up two in particular. Uh, one by our good friend Cole Franson, who was taking on Mike Wilson. I like both of these guys, but if I'm being real, Kev, um, Cole Franson was hooking me up with a ride to Orange County after the match. He was hooking so, some other people up with a ride to pass it. How dare you. Um, but I want to make it very clear that while I was very sad to see that uh, both my friends were going against each other and I had to be Switzerland, there was a moment when Cole's like, yeah, I'll get you a ride that I go, yeah, I got to go for you. Sorry, Mike. It's way easier to drive in a car with somebody when they pick up the W. So, yay, Cole. But there's one thing, Kev, that I need you to see. So I'm going to send you something in a second. But I need you to understand that when I was flying this morning, back here to LA. I was so excited and I was so happy to be home, but I didn't know that behind me, somebody, when I was getting my bag out of the airplane comes up, puts their hand on my shoulder and squeezes. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Who the shit would just do that? Right? Yeah. Jeremiah Vance did that. Oh, (laughs) So Jeremiah Vance just comes up to me, puts his hand on my shoulder, doesn't say a word because he's the like, quietest guy in the world. And I was just kind of like, oh, man. Is... And my sister's looking at me just smiling. So I'm like, oh, it's somebody I know then. And I turned around. And I was like, dude. What I didn't know was that he was sitting behind me the whole time and had sent me a note via Facebook or no, not Facebook, Instagram messenger just being like, hey, Raph, I'm a couple rows back. I see you, buddy. Hope you're good. <laughs> Let's say hi. And so <laughs> I was like, dude, if I would have known you were on the plane, I would have like, so what's up? I'm so sorry, dude. I feel like a jerk now. All right, Kev, are you ready to see this submission? Yes, I am. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and take over uh, describing a little bit of the other main event things, but I believe it should be the number one submission on this list. So there's a group of five. Okay. Okay. All right, I'm sending it to you via Facebook. When you see it, please feel free to interrupt me with whatever it is you're thinking. You can interrupt whatever I'm saying. It's totally fine. All right. Our main event. We had Eddie Cummings in a beautiful return of form, and I'm happy to say we have an exclusive interview with one Eddie Cummings as well. We got to ask him about his thoughts on ADCC and not being able to compete this year. We asked him about his rehab. He had an injury which took him out of Ooh, ADCC. Five and like, uh, we got to see an amazing take. Oh, Castillo. Oh, these Vance are the five from number, Fight to Win. He's like right here. 
Oh God! So that's Vance right is going to be the number you? one on this at the very end. That's dangerous as hell. Yeah, you were seconds away from death. A jiu-jitsu fighter that close to you with this type of uh, dexterity. God. But I need you to describe what it is you're seeing, Kev. I see him go-go plotting someone, and he has a leg over the head, and I have I, I don't know how to describe this. This is a human pretzel-based situation where you tap because your nuts are about to get split in half. So he kind of... Okay, wow. Uh, Raph, what is that? What would you call that? A banana right. split? I think we call it a, a dream crusher. We? Is Here's what you need to know about term? That's we. who was sitting right behind you? You're so lucky. Yeah, dude. And the thing is, nicest guy in the world. Couldn't be a nicer person. Thank so God. So here's what it is. It was called <laughs> a modified Kimura off of rubber guard. Again, modified Kimura off of rubber guard. Um, here's the best part of this. So Jeremiah has arguably one of the best rubber guards in all of 10th Planet. Uh, I've had the chance to see him conduct seminars. One of the gentlest souls there is. And one of the things that happened, and the reason why I say he's such a gentle soul, is because he had an opponent who's more of an MMA-based individual, who I know isn't this intense outside of the world of MMA, but on this particular one uh, match, he got really into Jeremiah's face. Now, I'm going to send you a photo, Kevin. And I need you to describe what the difference between the two photos look like. Just at your interpretation, nothing more. Just tell me what it is you see between the two differences on this. Because I need to impress upon this for you, Kev. This was how chaotic the scene looked behind the scenes at the weigh-ins. When people were trying to describe it to me and I go, um, that looks like a terrible decision to make. And it looks like an MMA guy might have taken a jiu-jitsu guy just a little bit lightly. So it's a little bit of a before and after. So feel free to describe to the audience what it is you're seeing, sir. I see a super backwards hat shirtless MMA fighter in a jiu-jitsu fighter's face. That would be our, our friend. <laughs> and then I see that same jiu-jitsu fighter. He has his right arm triangled with his legs. He has mm -hmm. his left arm with his right arm, and he also has his left leg. It's as painful as it sounds. I can see full gooch of that same but, but, <laughs> So it's a real nice guy, now, tough here's the guy interesting situation. Thing about it. The interesting thing, I think the one thing you're missing on the Jeremiah description is, what does Jeremiah's face look like Jeremiah in looks, the picture on top? Like, I, yeah, I'm... He looks very comfortable. He looks James Bondishly comfortable. He has a giant smile on his face in the top photo and is very much like, well, I guess we got a match tomorrow. <laughs> and couldn't be more himself. Like him smiling during a photo like that is he just told the guy, he goes, hey, man, we're just having a jiu-jitsu match. And he's like, I'll see you tomorrow. And he's like, uh, yeah, I know. It's kind of the way this goes. <laughs> so... Jeremiah picked up submission of the year, Kev. Now, I you know, fight to win does pay their fighters, but this is a really interesting, weird thing that they did. It's submission of the year, but 
they gave another person submission of the night. However, they, I do not believe they've given oh. Jeremiah Vance. How do you give someone check. else? Okay, fucking submission of the night. Did someone else rip someone else's nuts off and make them submit to that? I don't think so. That's what happened here. What are you talking about? No. Someone else got submission of the night. This is ridiculous. Uh, now, here's what I think they're trying to do, but they're really silly on how they're they're branding it. Because I think they figure the year isn't over yet. Even though they named it on a prize. Uh, come years close. I, I think they might do that. However, to say it was submission of the year. By the way, submission of the night went to this guy. I think they're trying to spread the wealth and give somebody else a little bit of money. But how the hell do you not get submission of the night? How do you not get submission of the night? I disagree. Respectfully. The banana split. I, still, I can't I mean, figure it's it unbelievable. Out. Like, I want to do that to myself. I don't know. I'm going to try it on a dog first. Then we'll run I, it I, Anyway, it, just as a further idea, it's kind of like, it's like almost like a crucifix with a little bit of a back bend and their knee is all the way back. And at first, his opponent was like shaking it off like, nah, this doesn't hurt. And then it's like, nope, there goes my balls. Split right <laughs> open, and I tap. And then when he taps, he went straight into planking, uh, straight on the ground. Again, I know his opponent. I was really disappointed to see that that was the route he went, even for the idea of sake of playing it up for audiences because it just looked really silly. Anyway, that was a fight to win. And then Nikki uh, Ryan uh, submitting Ricky Lule, who is an awesome individual in his own right. Tough to watch. But uh, Ricky's a beast. And he'll bounce back from this. Nikki was amazing. Uh, I think it was Eddie Cummings who said it best when he said, you know what? If this is where he's at now, is it kind of like seeing Hodger or Marcelo when they first started? Which is high praise coming from a student like Eddie Cummings. So go look at that interview that I have with Eddie Cummings. I think you'll really, really enjoy what he had to say there. Let's bulletproof uh, some of these uh, results, though, man. I know I talked about Gordon's seminar, fight to win. I saw John Evans. He is alive. He is back from Asia. So happy to see that there. <laughs> as soon as that was done, I literally – like I went out for some food with the guys, and then I got to my sister's place out in Orange County via Cole Franson. Big ups. Thank you very much, sir. As soon as I got there, I went to sleep for two hours, got on a plane, made it to Austin. Once I touched down in Austin, went straight to the Invitational. There are some beasts there. I want to give a shout out to Donna from the Math Therapy Podcast who awesome. ended up winning her division. They had six different champions for Badass. female fighters. So they did six different divisions, four females, one absolute, five different weight classes – Amazing. Donna won her weight class, uh, taking on a very game uh, female by the name of Mona, who is 13 and is badass. She is like, you know, when you see somebody and you see the makings of them and you see the very beginning of their jujitsu journey. That's what we got to see the other night for her. So I want to give her some major shout outs on that side. Now, Kevin had mentioned beer jitsu. Uh, me off and on the air. No, what I Kevin, what should is, have mentioned was the pictures you sent me of heaven or paradise. It's like, Raph, yeah. 
casually strolling through a place where they're serving beer to a place where they're doing nogi jujitsu, as far as the eye can see. Where do such fables exist, Rap Esparza? And why must thou tempt me with urges? Well, that was the intention. But that's not the important thing. I want to talk about the community of Austin and their grapplers. They're very nice, very amazing people. Uh, I want to talk in particular about Derek Garza, who is an amazing practitioner. He's also a fellow podcaster. But what he does is he organizes with his crew a beer jitsu thing. So you pay about 20 bucks, you go out there, and you get two free drinks and three hours of open mat rolling. Now, I don't know who's drinking and rolling. I don't know if they do that for sure yeah yeah that's what's happening kevin i'm sorry to tell you that you get to drink and you also have an open mat in your facility you can do both i don't know that people were i hope not but i can't tell you succinctly that they were not so i had some great roles i got a great role with Derek, who was super amazing to roll with i got to roll with our pals over from the la jiu-jitsu club's uh very own nemesis podcast aka the jiu-jitsu podcast and uh there was amazing like Really, really fun stuff. So let's discuss this. Rob and uh, and Joey. Great roles. Fun stuff. But at one point, Derek gets up during the open mat, stops the action, tells everybody to gather around. And he says, hey, everybody, I got a big announcement. I know you love training here. I love training here. But come this January, we're going to have a new facility. Everybody unanimously starts, yay, cheer. And then you hear me in the most aggressively angry voice going, boo! No. <laughs> boo! Go fuck yourself. people were wondering why I was crazy, but I was like, why would you get rid of this? You go past all of the beautiful beer situation, and behind the bar, behind in the back, where you keep all of your beer stock, you have mats on the ground. Why would you mess with this? And uh, Derek was telling me that they now have a, a full functional facility that they'll be moving the Dark Land into. So, uh, But he did leave me with this, Kev. He said they will continue to do this at least once a month. So I'm happy about that. I, I got him to agree to maybe twice a month. So you're welcome, Austin. I want to give a big shout out to him and uh, Jorge Castaneda, who uh, couldn't have been nicer individuals. Brilliant roles. And uh, yeah, that was some great stuff. So... Uh, that was really fun. And I got to visit two academies, but I will shout you out in the shout-out sections. Uh, Kev, for right now, it looks like we got to get to UFC because that was also a hot-fire event. This was just a huge trip for me. And I'm I wanted so to take a few jealous. To thank I'm sorry. Everybody. I'm seething in a scotch of like, God damn, that sounds amazing. It's Austin, which is a fun town. The drinks are <laughs> yes. cheap. The food's fantastic. The tacos are great. You're just just gallivanting around from jiu-jitsu gym to amazing tournament to jiu-jitsu gym to amazing tournament. It's like, oh, Gordon's having a problem. You interviewed Danaher, you piece of shit. You had a weekend, so props oh. to you, sir, for all your hard work. And gallivanting, as I Thank refer to Thank you very to much. I appreciate properly. it. Your hard work gallivanting. Mm. <laughs> Thank you very much, I think. Let's I, go talk with Noah Tillis and return back. To well, the only thing camp. that could have supported you through this journey is North-South Jiu-Jitsu underwear. That's the only <laughs> garment that would have been capable of any sort of work. This much change, this much activity. Raph only depends on one thing, 
And that's what jujitsu requires. A tight grip on that waist. Head on over to NorthSouthJujitsu.com. Fine for the holidays. Get somebody something they're going to love for the next two to four years. Some solid gripped A2 undies or whatever size they are, if you think. You know, just give it a little read. I mean, whatever. Like, you guys are normal-sized individuals. We're not. North so South. It, it's cool. We have the fat kind. Jiu-Jitsu. And guess what? Warm this weekend. They're on Amazon. Like, there's no excuse. Okay, so now we now we can go talk UFC. I just want to make sure people understood who was keeping you in mind. I appreciate it. I mean, this is as good as Noah sounds. <laughs> we can all agree on that. <laughs> Raph, we are hot. Mm. Well, here's the thing, guys. We just had UFC 218. It was an interesting uh, series of fights. I got to catch the tail end of it while in Texas, but I know two people who are watching with bated breath included our own Kevin and our good friend Noah Tillis. Welcome back, Noah Tillis, to the show. Noah, how are you doing, sir? I'm good, man. Good times. That was a good card. Now, some people were saying there was one writer, I think it was for the Detroit Free Press, who said there are people who like that card. Ugh, it was so boring. That guy doesn't sound like a smart dude. Definitely not. Uh, but let me ask this. Where do we even start on this one, Kevin? Do we talk about Overeem's death? You know, do they, we start They never with... ask him a second follow-up. They're never like, mm. hey, writer at the Detroit Free Press, how do you feel about the Earth's being a sphere? Like, they don't ask the question. It's like a good measure. So we don't know how crazy they are. We sure. can only assume the MMA beat writer in Detroit, which took a real pounding from the commentary about their adapting of rule sets, etc., they probably don't have the sharpest guy writing it. So let's just, let's all remember. Let's recognize that. Detroit, don't forget about it. And what a night of fights, though. They were wrong. That's the funny part. It's like you'd think he'd fluff his own town, but it's so Detroit to be like, that was fucking garbage. <laughs> it's an amazing fight. Well, let's get to talking about it. I want to ask this for you, Noah. What did you think of Max Holloway. We'll start here. Um, yeah, I think he solidified a lot of things. He showed up and looked like a vet. I was talking with some of my teammates when we went and watched it that remember when he was about like 18 or 19, I was like, man, who's this Hawaiian kid? He's smooth. But now, he's, you know, obviously I was wrong on my pick, but I think you guys can see where I was going with it. He gas, Aldo gasses out, but Max was precise. He kept good pressure. I think he's got a really good chin, too. There's one thing there that he was eating some good shots, and I don't think anybody's really put him down. Even McGregor won a decision. So, he's impressive. He looked really good. There's somebody that surprised the fit out of me. I want to ask this, Kevin. Did they stop that fight late? Uh, probably, but I get it. Jose Aldo's a zombie. They, he's, they stopped, to quote Ron Swanson, they stopped the fight when they stopped the fight, Raph. That's when it was over. Mm. No, it was fine. <laughs> it was so violent the whole night was so there's part of you that's always like well, they're going to give jose aldo the benefit of the doubt but had that said ben and you saw justin gaithy get the benefit of the doubt because he's sort of zombie-ish you saw overeem not get the benefit of the doubt <laughs> so he, he was just dead <laughs> it wasn't a zombie so much so i thought it was fine jose's okay. you know kind of like but, uh, always the guy that's like fuck that 
Now, I want to say on this because when I saw Jose Aldo taking the shots, uh, Joey Foti from the Jiu-Jitsu podcast who was watching with me looks at me and he goes, do you think he'll make it out of this round? And I just said yes, instinctively. And it didn't look good. There was still about 90 seconds left in that third round. But I go, he could. And up yeah, until I, that last 30 seconds, it looked like he might have. Yeah, I, I thought a lot of times as a ref, you, you have to be mindful of the time. And I think he was, I, I think he could, I think it was her being, I think he could have been a little bit more mindful that it was 10 seconds left. He still had, he wasn't out, he was eating a lot, but he was still had some sort of a functioning guard. So, I mean, it, believe me, it was, he didn't argue it at all. And that was one thing where when the fighter doesn't argue it, neither should you. But like, there, there was 10 seconds left. He, he had opportunity to, to at least move his head a little bit more, and that 10 seconds would have came quick. But the ref has the best view, and Herb's one of the best. So I thought so, too. I thought he was going to uh, make it out of the round. But I like the idea that when I said that, I looked at him, and he goes, as he's eating powerful shots, Joey goes, you want to change your, your mind on this? And I go, no. Let's see it happen. Let's see what happens here. Oh, Everybody girl- be quiet. It failed the girlfriend test, which is when I think it's not a terrible time to stop the fight. She was like, are they going to stop this? Like she's <laughs> really concerned. Like, yeah, probably. And they did. Another reason why it's good that Kevin doesn't fight MMA. Did you guys happen to see the barbs that were exchanged between Holloway and Conor McGregor? Kevin? No, I don't ever see this stuff. Is it hidden? I, I, do you have some sort of backstage pass thing that you watch? No, I mean, I just pay attention. Okay, Noah, did you see any of this? Um, I heard about it. I didn't read it. I guess he called him a retired fighter or something like that. So, but Connor's got to stay relevant. So he's always got he's got to talk shit when any, after every UFC he's got to say something. And I, I think Holloway called him a retired fighter. People only you only remember what happened in 2015, something like that, right? Yeah. So the the given statements that came out so far are uh, Max Holloway, Conor McGregor holding on to win from when we were kids. So either he's talking about. I guess the last fight they had or the fact that way in the past there was a hopscotch game that he's still holding some uh, beef over. And Max Holloway says, I'm obviously on Conor McGregor's mind. Kevin, is he? He's obviously on his mind. I mean, he and the fucking mafia, but otherwise, yeah, that's what's on his mind. I I bet he's like, I would just rue the day that it was just Max Holloway. He's like, oh, the Irish mafia. It's an interesting take. Interesting. Should we also take a second to really address this Irish mafia thing? Like, what the fuck is still going on with this, Kevin? I heard Noah Tillis is in on it. I don't know. Mm. Noah, I have to say about it. <laughs> well, I had to call a couple of my uncles. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I think it's all bullshit. Really, I think it's probably just publicity trying to keep his name out there. I don't, I don't think there's any real truth to it at all. I haven't even really looked too much into it. I think it's. I think he's not that. He's smart enough to make a hundred million dollars. He's not. He's not as stupid as people think. So I don't think he's getting in these barroom brawls or causing as much madness as as it seems like. So I think it's all kind of bullshit. And if it's not, if there's something that's really going on with the uh, the mafia, I mean, that's why just pay him out. If they're asking for nine hundred thousand dollars for his life, I mean, come on, stupid. I'm the exact opposite. I fully believe it. I don't even need any more proof. It's already happened in my mind. It's going to get heated, Raph. It's going to get heated. 
I just like the idea that for a split second, Conor McGregor went Tupac when he was like, come after me then. <laughs> and then so he was like, you know, that was fucking stupid to say out loud. He's like, oh, you're yeah. probably right. Yeah. Uh, say la vie. Can yeah. we please get back. Can we please get to the. Of course. Do we need to re-nickname him? Whatever Francis Naganu did. That was amazing. That's my favorite. Uh, thing I think he's uh, his new name is Six Feet Under Reem. <laughs> so, Kev, I need to understand. Favorite. Sorry, he's like, uh, I feel like he could have emerged from the Undertaker coffin. We've been just, like, yep. I need you to understand, Kevin. When I saw the ability to meme him in a coffin, I was at a bar and I got straight to work. <laughs> And people were talking to me, and I was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, can't. The internet's calling me. Must get this coffin meme. And when I did, several people were like, too soon. And I was like, really? Uh, let me ask this, Noah. What was so impressive to you uh, about Francis Nagano? And are you now a, a, a super fan of his? No, you know, a super fan, yeah, I'm a fan of him. I think the guy is pretty gnarly. Yeah, probably that power, man. I mean, like I said, He's got lunch boxes for hands. I liked him when he had his cool predator hair, though. But uh, his new dude was pretty good. But it was impressive. I said if he found that chin, he was, you know, he was gonna put him out, and he fucking the uppercut from hell found it and put him out. It was cool. I like that it also had it named the uppercut from hell. I didn't know we got to name our finishing moves now, uh, Kevin. Oh yeah. I also saw flawless victory. I really enjoyed that. The internet that did a really incredible. good job with this. Nice job, internet. It was great work. The internet definitely kept them honest on this one. Kevin, have we seen a knockout this violent in in recent memory? Not, certainly not by anyone that didn't soon thereafter test positive for some sort of horse tranquilizer. Mostly referring to John Jones. Uh, he has an erection pill. Sorry, the kind for your muscles. Yeah. This mm. is the most, and the big guys are always the best at this. They both <laughs> knock people out and get knocked out the best. They're just there's no rubber about it whatsoever. And uh, this is on the highlight reel. I mean, not since the roundhouse kick that nearly killed our friend Adam, right? Not since Uriah Hall's kick. This is it. This is the new dunk. I would agree. I would say this, though. When you do see a knockout that vicious, you know, the only reason I'll go to a meme is the moment I see Overeem get up and I go, he's okay? All right, meme very quickly. Uh, But on the other side... That looks so like a rock'em sock'em, like boxer, like the little toys that you play. Like that's how vicious I saw his neck snap back. And my first thought was, Jesus, this is brutal. But it was so good to the point where everybody just goes, "You, oh yeah, you, you have a title shot." Like they see that knockout, they go, "Yeah, that's it. You get a title shot." Like they never promise them into this regard. Uh, Noah, did you notice that where they like went up to him and were like, "You def get a title shot." Oh, absolutely. You're going to throw the ream out like that. You're getting a title shot. Stipe, that's going to be a good fight. Uh, I think Stipe is going to try to wrestle him. It's the smartest thing in the world to do. But, yeah, I think for sure he gets a title shot. Nobody, I don't think anybody ahead of him should get it. And I was thinking the same thing, man. It was like so – it was like, fuck, ah, uppercut from hell. Man, it sucks. Overeem's dead. Oh, wait, he's not dead. Okay, let's make fun of him. So it was <laughs> – it was really close. Well, man, I'm making fun of that fighter, but he was close. So, time out. That is, there was an unspoken ten seconds where everyone was like, "Wait, 
check Alistair Overeem's pulse. Could please someone give us a thumbs up, thumbs down? Is he dead? <laughs> I don't want to celebrate if he's dead. I don't want to scream. That was the greatest fucking thing I've ever seen. If he's dead, thankfully. To be, to be fair, the internet yeah. doesn't doesn't forget. So I was very cautious on knowing like what we would say on he's this up one. Ten seconds later, and he looks fine. It's like, is that Alistair Overeem? Is he awake? Wow. All right. Okay. What, what a guy. I like when he was sitting. He was just sitting on the bed, sitting on the stool, and he's just kind of like, I zoom in. He's kind of like, oh, now fuck. Well, whatever. And then some. <laughs> my funniest meme that I like so far. He's like, I, I think it was uh, one of these jujitsu Instagrams. It was like, I just want to love something as much as Alistair Overeem loves getting knocked out. Like that one was. I've sent that one all over all week. You know that shit was that funny. That good. This is good. I saw it because Jiu-Jitsu repost or post on it. Please. So now, Kev, you became a giant fan of Francis. You said after his speech. Why oh, is that? Oh, finally. I heard an MMA fighter not talk about his fucking imaginary friend. Sorry. I had a week, everybody. I took an edible. Things have escalated. Look, it was nice to hear an MMA fighter say something that was uh, meaningful on any sort of level in a real way. I thought he did a good job, and mostly, here's what I think, Raph, because he was like, you know, basically he said, fuck racism. If you disagree with him, you should have to stand in a cage face-to-face and tell him that. Those are the rules. Yeah. That's what you got to do. I think we can really... Yeah, I always like that. Hello? Yeah, What's ahead. that, Noah? Sorry, I cut you off. Yeah, I, I always like that, too, when... Uh... Everybody's like, man, I want to think like after there's like a brutal knockout or put the guy to sleep or broke his arm or just beat the shit out of him for 15 minutes. And they're like, man, I want to thank God. You know, like I always trip out on that one, too, because it's like, hey, you really think God helped you beat the shit out of this guy? Like you really, uh, that, was your, that, was your, that was your buddy? That was you in your back pocket the whole time, just dropping elbows on homeboy's head? That's just cool. to point out, Falling you know, the in love first with thing. God, tell us. I am. Um, I'm just letting the world know. I just want people to know, I don't think God's first order of business is to give a little God magic for the upper cup from hell. Just on a branding yeah. thing. <laughs> Otherwise, Francis is good. He has not jury about a thing after that savagery. So, Kev, who do you think takes that fight? Do you still see Stipe winning that fight? Or no. Do, do you think <laughs> No, I do not. I see Francis Nagano winning that fight. I don't know if he knows jiu-jitsu. Don't care. I love jiu-jitsu, and I don't care if he knows it or not. I don't. It's going to be a fun fight, and I'm ready for it to happen. And I feel like Francis was like, let's just do it next week. Book it. Yeah. I, got, I got nothing but time. I also thought it was nice that it gave us the firmest pivot that we've had in some time. Because they were starting to talk, I thought, about Kane and Stipe, and I was like, why? I agree. I was like, uh, I don't know if I want to watch older Kane get beat up a third time. I think I'm ready to watch we're, him fight Alistair. We're good here. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's so I'm gonna I'm gonna pivot again, and I'm gonna actually fast forward over Henry Sejudo versus Sergio Pettis because I don't really know that there's a ton to say to it. But we should give more time to Eddie Alvarez versus Justin Gagey. Now, Jesus, Kev, bloody again. This fight, so bloody. Well, and. I want to say this fight was the bloodiest. I thought it was, and the blood wasn't even the grossest thing about this fight. 
Noah, Rap, what was on Eddie Alvarez's face? Was that what cancer looks like in the human? <laughs> like, what was that? Noah, your thoughts. Dude, I would, absolutely. For, I agree. That fucking cheek was disgusting. Like, we were all trying to figure out, is that a fractured jaw? Did he swallow a, a grapefruit? Is there something he's not telling us? Like, he got hit, then all of a sudden he got stung by, like, 40 bees and didn't tell people he was allergic. <laughs> it was, it looked like shit. Like, yeah, you won the fight, dude, but you are a fucking freak. How about that? So, uh, I agree. That, that fight was awesome. I don't know. I didn't really foresee that them getting so tired so fast that have been the pace they were keeping. But, yeah, it kind of sucks to see uh, Gaethje, like, you know, lose his undefeated streak. But... It's also cool to see him, like, knee Alvarez in the face and see that balloon up. But it was mm. overall a great fight. I like that one. That was cool. I do like this. I do like that KG afterwards was very complimentary. The only phrasing that seemed to be good was Kevin. And when I say good, I mean particular. Uh, was Gagey goes, you know, it was a great fight. I thought it was pretty close except for one second where he was better than me. Do you agree with that sentiment? I agree with that sentiment in the same way I feel like uh, a lot of times, like my sexual performance, it's like it was on par until that one second. Yeah, Justin, I don't know, man. I don't know exactly what that means, but if you survive that war, I'm with you. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Great fight. It, I don't know how he lost that fight when I look at out. Uh, Eddie Alvarez looked like what Scientologists are afraid of. That your theods or whatever are going to explode out of your face. Your, your midi-chlorians, I believe. Sure. It was so gross. And then he's like screaming into the camera and it was like, oh, God, no. Could someone please turn? Yeah, nobody, nobody knows what he's saying. Nope. I was busy vomiting in the corner of my living room. Uh, so I, this, to me, I, I'm glad it was a fight of the night. It deserved to be. We it both had Gaethy, and I, I don't feel wrong. I mean, what a fight. No, 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 no. And everybody seemed to be pretty happy with that one. Um, I, uh, This is interesting for this second. I just want to tell you guys, when we were watching this particular fight at the bar out here in Texas, so it's all of us and all of 10th Planet, and they actually turned off the fight for like a few seconds, I think in that third round. And so we looked at it, and we were about to miss it, and we were complaining, but I could hear it over the speaker. So I could hear the sound, but I couldn't see the video. And people just started looking at me because I closed my eyes. And they're like, why are you closing your eyes? Because I'm like, I can see the fight. I'm seeing through the Matrix right now, guys. That that really left hand sounded really crisp. They're like, how do you know? And I was like, because I'm blind in my eyes, every one of my other senses is heightened. <laughs> Including my someone just got knocked the fuck out psyche. That one I know the best. Right as he got the knockout was when it came back on. So we we barely just saw it, (laughs) which thank God. All right. Now let's talk about, okay, let's give a little attention. So Judo Pettis, uh, any notes on this one, Noah? Uh, The Gaethje fight? Uh, I'm sorry, you broke up for a second. It's okay. Pettis and Judo? Um, It was just. He mauled him. He mauled him. He showed why he was a 2008 Olympic champion. He fucking mauled him. He used superior grappling. Most exciting fight. I actually, when it ended, uh, I was like, oh, shit, that was three rounds already? Because it's, you know, it's, I wasn't watching 
you know, the every little every little transition, every little fucking pressure, it just gets, it does. It's not an exciting fight. It's, it's, but I think that's going to be very hard for anybody else to deal with. But it was cool. It went like I thought it would. He, he looked good. His hands, he's starting to transition his hands to takedowns really, really well. So, mm. I mean, hats off to the better grappler. He smothered him and smashed him for all three rounds. Kev? The best part of this fight to me was listening to Joe Rogan make the points Noah just made, but with like a, an exaggeratedly high, just like, it's a different planet. I mean, a different level. The world between these two, <laughs> grappling wise, is monumental. And just explaining in graphic detail, wrestling at that level. It changes your ability to do everything. He just was sucking Cejudo off, and I loved it. I was like, you're amazing. And if they lose Joe Rogan, this would be a shame. It was phenomenal. So hearing, uh, if you haven't, you should hear Joe Rogan. And turn the lights down. Turn some 80s R&B up, and you're going to feel it the way it was meant to be felt. Interesting. Then true TXS. Light a a candle that has some vanilla or something that you like. (laughs) You're going to find it more erotic than I'm describing. So I need to ask about this because, okay, Tisha Torres, Michelle Waterson. Was that, uh, I didn't see this fight. Was that sad to see? Because people said. It was was very disappointing. I'll tell Mm. you what. Okay, Noah, you feel strongly. Tell us why it was so disappointing. Well, I mean. it didn't go any which way I wanted it to, so there—that's the fucking nail in the coffin. It was—it was cool. It was a good fight. Um, I feel like everybody was gassing a lot quicker than they usually do, and I don't—I don't know about Detroit's eight-mile uh, ev- uh, elevation or anything, but uh, it seemed like everybody was really gassing out quick, and I feel like that's what happened to the karate hottie. She got smothered and controlled, but it seemed like she just couldn't pick her her. Uh, her cardio up. She couldn't explode. She didn't have any fast twitch movements. And Tisha kept the pressure on her the whole time. Looked pretty cool. She's fucking yoked, though. Man, yeah, I'm 180 pounds, and I want to have a back like her one, one day, you know? Or arms. Like, like she just, like... She's got shoulders for days. Guns. It's I hate a fun to, fight, though. There's to do a spoiler, though, Kev. That's uh, just not in the cards for Noah, though. Well, like, Tisha, uh, Tisha Torres... Fun, Dating Raquel Pennington, as we found out. With, yeah, they gave um, a little smooch. And then they said it on the broadcast. I was like, interesting. We don't normally get a catch up, but I guess if you are dating a training partner, we would. Like if uh, Jones kissed Winkle John. I mean, we'd probably be like, oh, they're dating, by the way, now, <laughs> just as ends up. Uh, yeah, I, thought, I follow Tisha on Snapchat, so I've been seeing them for like the last year hooking up and stuff. And then they gave a little smooch before they went out to the cage. That was cute. Next, it's going to be, uh, you know, just guy training partners doing that. That's going to be entertaining to watch, too. Are you saying that's what's going to happen at Bellator with you, Noah? Are, are you making a, a if, prediction? If, <laughs> yeah, if, I, if, if who I have corner me is there, absolutely. You, know? mm. <laughs> you give me that I call, my card, sir. Right? You know what I mean? I stay. I keep chapstick by the bed, and I am prepared to not give you very good jujitsu advice. <laughs> so you just let me know. It's his two favorite things, Kevin. <laughs> I need to ask this. No, how much of the pre card did you see? The pre card. Uh, the pre card I watched. Uh, uh, I think I got there on five thirty. I I watched it. 
during the Kramer fight. Uh, that's when I that's when I turned it on. Okay, what did you think from there? Because I, I have some questions. Yancy Medeiros and Alex Oliveira, I heard Ooh. was sick nasty. Amazing. That was a great fucking fight. Yancy did the drunken monkey. was just getting snapped back. All, all the first round, half the second round was just getting snapped back. He was positioned. But a lot of people, the guys I was sitting with were mostly guys that train with me and stuff. Mm-hmm. So pretty knowledgeable or kind of knowledgeable. Uh, but Big Daddy obviously came out ahead with, with how I was going to pick that one. I told him, I said, he's punching himself out. He's not putting him away. Yancey's surviving. And then Oliveira, has got his shoulders, arms, he got exhausted. So that knockout at the end, that was, he gave up. Not saying anything away from Yancey. That guy's tough as fucking nails. But it was, it was he was exhausted. Oliveira was, thought he finished him like five times. And he punched himself out. So... When the tides changed and Yancey started uh, putting it on him, he had nothing left. Just, I have a clarifying question. In this scenario, oh, are you daddy? Oh, I'm daddy. So a okay. lot of times at the gym, you know, a lot of people say sensei or master or professor. I'm daddy. All right. Well, you know. You do what works for your gym, sir. Uh, I look forward to the impending sexual allegations that come forth for the individuals who have been wronged at your gym. That's all. Oh, no, there's none of them. You check my Yelp out. I have nothing but five-star reviews, and it's mostly probably because I am referred to as daddy. Mm. (laughs) The investigation's going to be swift but amazing. Uh, Here's what is interesting. Okay, so I saw that. And then also the Paul Felder and Charles Oliveira. Uh, What was that like? Is that for me? Yeah, that's for you, because I don't believe Kevin was there before the pre-card because it required, uh, oh. you know, him to be somewhere without weed. And I, we both have an agreement. He just can't do that. It's not in the card. It's not in my <laughs> oh, <that's- laughs> I think that I like him a lot more when he's on an edible, too. So this is cool. But um, <laughs> that, uh, that pre- uh, Oh, God, I must say pre-com again. The, um, the Felder fight was great. The Felder fight, I like that one. He... Uh, has a lot of holes in his game, grappling-wise. But okay. he's tough as nails, and he was too strong for for uh, Oliveira. So he once he managed, it's so exhausting, too. Like, if you throw submission attempt after submission attempt after submission attempt, and you think you're close, it's, there's nothing more exhausting than that. And that's what he ended up doing. He exhausted him by defending. He didn't do, he didn't do too much offensively, and then he was able to, once he kind of, the tides changed again, very similar. The guy's exhausted from trying to submit you the whole time. And Paul Felder's got some pretty nasty ground and pound. He threw some good elbows. He was just too much for him when he started opening up. So that's interesting. I find that I'm looking down at this card because, again, I was at the Ana Invitational when this was going on. So I got to see the main card uh, briefly. But one of the criticisms that I saw from somebody who just goes, mm, the fights were okay. And I was like, dude, from the main card I saw, it was amazing. And they said, yeah, but a couple of the like prelims fights were kind of blah. I'm looking at the results. TKO, TKO, two decisions, and then TKO's KO and a submission. So it sounded like they kind of covered the bases, Kevin. The card was unbelievable except for one massive factor on the fucking bases being covered. And that's that they didn't cover my bases. So I'm not going to sign off on anything that gives it any more than like a C minus. I'm with the okay. Detroit Free Press. 
course you would be. All right, guys. I think it's time to probably reveal who won this thing. And I'm going to start by asking Kevin, how do you feel right now? Not great. Okay. Is there any particular reason you don't feel great? I think I did a phenomenal job, Raph. But Mm. because, rather, I opened a Google Excel sheet because I was worried you were snaking me on some victories. If we're just... You really think uh, I cheat you out? I'm not saying you did or you didn't. I'm just saying it's 2017. I wanted to do my own factcheck.orging because I can't even trust 5280 or whoever. Listen, mark the date and the time. It's taken five years for me to trick Kevin into actually doing work. (laughs) They said it couldn't be done at podcast trainer school, but ref cracked the code. Doesn't matter. Uh, That's why I don't feel so good. Okay, so Noah, I need to ask you this. How do you feel right now? Hearing Kevin say what he's saying about his picks, how do you feel about yours? Um, I'm, I can do basic math, and I have, I have a good feeling that I lost. I remember my picks verbatim, so I have an idea of, that I lost. Um, I'm, not, you know, I'm not happy about that, especially who I lost to. I wanted to lose to somebody that was worth the shit. But I'm just saying, like, um, I know it's going to be pretty close. I was counting them as we were going. So I think I, I think I was off by one, and uh, he took home the victory. And you know what? I, I'm going to blame the fighters. I'm not going to take any accountability for me losing <laughs> at all. And I'm actually going to turn this all around, and I think it's their fault. I think some of my picks were like split decisions, and that just shows you that I'm really, really close to being right every time. Sure. Um, so it's they had an off night, and that's it's actually all their fault. So a bunch of fucking bullshit, you know? Interesting. Kevin, does this change your feelings any? No. Okay. Let's say this. Both of you have weird feelings about how you did. So it makes it all the more fun because one of you has to be wrong, right? And I'm sure the audience, I mean, if you're playing at home, you might have an idea of who won this. But unlike Kevin, you probably don't make an Excel spreadsheet like I do to make sure we know who is winning this. And... um I'm happy to tell you that we do have a winner. Would you like to know who it is, Noah? Yeah, yeah, I'd like you to confirm that, for sure. Okay, here's the thing. Right now, I can tell you this, Noah. Your math skills are not just correct. They're incorrect. Because you won 8 to 7. Oh, see, it was close, yeah. I never passed pre-algebra, but thanks, man. You I had Medeiros, the- Tamer, Cejudo, <laughs> Felder, Nagano, Casey, Al Hassan, Cooper. I had Willis, Reyes, Medeiros, Cejudo, Nagano, Torres, Holloway, eight to seven. Kevin, you sound like you're a little bummed. Why do I detect something in your voice right now? Well, one didn't even know he won, so he couldn't walk in with the bravada that I think I would expect from Noah Tillis. Though it's more a Noah Till isn't at the moment. If I could just talk about his stunned victory speech. But I think taking Al Hassan showed a lot of bravery. And though he got the Aldo pick dead wrong, I just want to commend him on, uh, you know, skating by with prelim wins. (laughs) I think. you got your ass kicked on the main card. That's why I'm upset, by the way. Yeah, you yeah. just won the rest of the but, fucking night. You won every coin toss yeah. there was. 
prelim prelim fights are where the skill's at because those <laughs> they're not as established. They don't have as big a following, and you don't know as much about them. Yeah, yeah. These guys are so close in skill up on the main card. Come on. I have an important question to ask here, though. This important question goes directly to you, Noah. Should Kevin have to refer to you as daddy? Oh, I, about 20 minutes ago I said that. Yeah, I think I, it's, my nickname's going to be daddy, and that's going to be cool. Um, nothing. Uh, there's times where you might want to throw a big in front of it, like big daddy, or, or uh, you know, if you want to throw any little uh, side nickname on that. But most of the time, I want Kevin just to refer to me as straight daddy. You know, and that would work well. Uh, Kevin, your feelings on this? Straight daddy it is, though. If I call you that in public, people are not going to people are not, <laughs> not going to take it that way. <laughs> Listen, Noah, you're not helping matters by saying pre-cub each time. I, I don't say, know how you did it There's been a lot twice. of sexual undertones already, but... You know, the guest is always right, as they say in show. But is that? <laughs> it's not. Well, let's I mean, discuss I'm this. In fight camp. I'm in fight camp. There's no, there's no busting nuts in fight camp. So, you know, that's where all this is coming from. Got it. That's a little <laughs> good insight into it. You know, first I got to interview Danaher about the insights of MMA, and then Noah Tillis. It's just, I'm batting a thousand this week, guys. You're deep in it. Oh, yeah. Let's start. Talk about this, Noah. What is it that Kevin has to do for this bet? Um, what did we agree on? We agreed on something, right? Wasn't it a? Yeah, I owe you a little video about how great Noah Tillis is, and I'm yeah, pretty prepared. That's not gonna be hard to do. No, yeah. no. He's uh, he's already shouting like a star. He's a Rihanna song in my head, so I'm ready. <laughs> oh, no, no, let's make it Beyonce. Let's not get ahead of yourself. Come back for a second show. Impress <laughs> me. Maybe we'll talk about it. But uh, well, no, we're excited about this because you have a fight coming up, and that is happening, I believe, January twentieth. Uh, again, we were talking about this earlier, and I was hearing word that I may be going toward heading to go to Bellator. So we'll see, because I might be covering yeah. that. So. That'd be awesome. I, it's hard to be at two places at once, but I mean, this one's going to be a big show. So I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna cover something, um, Ian, that would be cool. I know there's going to be a lot of good fights. You could probably you'll probably have somebody down there like Fosto or, or uh, Octavio at the at the Matt Warriors. But if you can, I would I would really suggest trying to be at Bellator. There's going to be a lot of good fights. They they announced the Sunnen fight and Rampage, so it's going to be cool. Yeah, I'm stoked for it. So. What what do people have to look forward to, and where can people buy tickets? Is it do they go up to you, and do you have tickets, or do do you just go online? How does that work? Yeah, um, I have tickets. I have physical tickets at my gym. Um, there, I have the tickets sectioned off in my section. Um, so if you want to come, I have tickets for sale at the gym, or you can get them off Ticketmaster using offer code Tillis T I L I S. And Why did you not use Daddy? Because that seems like an opportune time to really let people know about what's up. Yeah, it was. Um, they had a strict thing where they really wanted to use my last name, and since it's not legally changed as of yet, they wanted mm. they had to go with what I had. So that was the only thing there, or else I would have had Daddy on me. Good to know. Uh, Noah, <laughs> I really uh, want to know this because this is such an important thing. I'm upset. Now. Uh, I got to Noah's. That was a great teach. time. Uh, he seems it's like really it. Funny. He's got like a. I, yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan. 
Uh, no, I need to understand this before we get you on out of here. Um, somebody, I believe it's one of your students or one of your friends on your Facebook or your uh, Instagram, said the following remark in response to your appearance on our last show. They said, you sounded exactly the way I thought you would. Yeah, that's actually not uh, a friend of mine at all. That's actually a guy, Caleb Johnson. I think he's, I think he's like in Oklahoma or something, like a brown mm-hmm. belt. Um, he makes a lot of memes. Um, I think he competes once in a while. Um, I've never spoken to him in my life. The weird part is that he's put effort into thinking what I sound like when we were just friends on Facebook, which is cool. I, I, then it gets me thinking, when does he think about my voice and what scenarios and, you know, what's in the room with him? And that's something that got really got me going. But, you know, that was cool. I guess I usually, when I hear my own voice, I get kind of creeped out. So I guess people think I sound like a creep. So whatever. I thought that was one of the funniest uh, notes. Of course, uh, Caleb Johnson, I believe the Caleb Johnson, if that is him, is our good pal. Eh, pal. Uh, yes, he does try to make memes. They're not very good, but he mostly just shares a lot of them. Yeah, no, he's he's pretty funny. Seems like a cool guy. Eh. Yeah, eh. I, I've funny. seen funnier. <clears throat> well, having said that, I'm, like, I'm pretty <laughs> funny. It's like ahead of ourselves. He's just trying. It's different. <laughs> so let's do this, Noah. Where can people find you on the social media? All that good junk. Um. You guys can email me at bootyeater69 at gmail.com. That's my direct email. I'm going to be, I'll answer your, I'll answer any questions about tickets or fights or seminars. That's my direct line. Um, Instagram is Tillis underscore BJJ. That's two J's. Um, Facebook, Noah Arnold Tillis. I'm the fourth. I'm actually the fourth Noah in my family. That's something to wrap your head around. Um, I um, don't, not really on Twitter at all or anything. Um, uh, not on Why? Twitter because you sound so verbose in your ability as you're marking out things right now. You're like, I'm not on Twitter because, uh, I don't, yeah. uh, I, just, I, I have a lot more to say than 47 characters, you know? So there's a lot more to me than you think, you know, I <laughs> actually that really sounds like more than 140 characters that's exactly what I think (laughs) well Noah I always ask this as one of our last questions you you basically defeated Kevin you admonished him Uh, what advice do you have for him going forward for future editions of Over Under Kevin Uh, you know what I didn't demolish him the kid's got a lot of potential you know he sounds like he puts a lot of time and effort into this and it's something that he really takes seriously. And it's, no. I don't want to crush his dreams. Yeah. I don't want to crush his dreams. Um, I think he's got a lot of potential. So I think if he just keeps working hard, maybe studying a little bit more tape, doing a little bit more research on who's fighting and you know, their lifestyle, what, how they were growing up, you know, every, everything plays a huge factor. It's not just who, who looks the best without their shirt off. And that kind of, I felt like that's what he was doing. So, um, you know, there's a lot of things, but he he was a great opponent. He, you know, he gave me quite the challenge. I wanted to keep it close, so that's kind of why I did that. But, um, you know, hats off to him. I think he's going to win a lot of these. Kev? 
I don't like all the condescension. I heard it. It's like, it's sort of like when you're in the half guard of someone who's really good, and they're like, you did a lot of good work, because they like triangle choke you out or give you the darts. Yeah, I hear you. I'm hearing you. <laughs> Next time, dickhead. That's what I have to say, Ralph. Yeah. Oh, I hear you. That's good, man. I appreciate that. Well, Noah, we're very much looking forward to seeing you compete in the Bellator Cage. And uh, if you guys are ever looking to go train with Noah, you can do so in Whittier, California at Tillis BJJ. I highly recommend it. Um, I think I might be in town this week, so maybe there's an appearance from me. We'll see. Cool. Yeah, thanks, guys. Um, Yeah, come by and train whenever. If any of you guys are close, uh, I'm right on the border of Whittier and La Mirada, so right where Orange County and L.A. County meet. You can come in and train. There's no mat fees. We're dropping in. Um, Saturdays always have open mats. Morning classes every day. I have a professional boxing, boxing trainer there with the boxing coach. So any of you guys that want to come in and you're close, come shoot by. I got tickets. And don't worry about just dropping in. There's no there's no fees or anything. But uh, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. It was good, uh, good bullshitting with you guys. But, yeah, I'm going to go train a little bit. But, yeah, uh, check out the Instagram. I'll keep you guys updated on when I'm competing. That sounds good, ladies and gentlemen. The one, the only, Noah Tills. Till isn't. Oh. Not pleased about losing to such second-rate citizenry that is definitely going to beat me up in a harsh way. I can kind of feel like coming, Raf. It's going to be your fault too. Raf, best thing you mm. learned training. And tell us a little bit about some of the training in Austin. All right. So the other academy, so obviously uh, Dark Clan was so great to bring me out and train with them. I appreciate that. We had a lot of people who sent me places to go train. I tried to go to as many as possible. I only got to do three because of how much shit we were doing over the weekend. But I was so happy that I got to stop in at Mario Asifla or Asifla. I'm messing up this name. Mario Asifla. Uh, or as fellow whatever anyway y'all were great everybody there very nice super technical roles um just monsters all around there was a a nice morning they have a a noon open mat on a monday kev damn jealous yeah i'm i'm a huge fan of that uh so i got to meet uh travis who's oh my god it's pressure so tough i got to meet drew um I got to meet so many nice people who just went out of their way to make sure I was very much welcome there. So thank you to all of you guys for giving me some great training over that way. And then I also want to say thank you to everybody over at Gracie Humita in Austin. I got lost, but a very nice man named Sebastian over at Old's gym said, hey, here's where you need to go. And so uh, I went to go train over there. Beautiful facility. I don't know for sure. I think that might be one Tim Kennedy trains at. So if I'm speaking ill, please let me know. Um, but, yeah, easy to see because their motherfucking pressure was so tough that we worked on bread cutter choke. And uh, you know when your your throat starts to hurt because the chokes are too good? Yes, I do. Yeah, that's what happened to me. Okay. Yep. So that was uh, that was the bulk of the trip, guys. I, I really appreciated how much people went out of their way to, to make us feel at home. And it was awesome. And we, we've got more shout-outs, but um, – I just wanted to start by, by saying a nice blanket statement to everybody. Thank you so much for fucking making that uh, such a fun trip. I don't get to 
leave the SoCal all that much. Uh, we might do a little bit more of that. And if you guys want to see us in your town, let us know because I had a blast. And who knows? Maybe I bring Kevin with me on one of these times. I, I like to travel. I like it. And the doctor thinks I'm healing. So Raph. there's. She says my bones taking oh, is amazing. Own, you know. Doesn't matter. Throw out. Throw little <laughs> anecdotes. Yeah, uh, we're gonna get to, uh, some shout-outs to the people of Austin. We we love you. We love Texas. We love everyone weird out there hitting the bruise. I know about what you're doing in your in your spare time, and I know why EBI was there. I listened to a little bit of it with our <laughs> friends, uh, B McCath, and la- that'll take us to some shout-outs, Raph. I'm going to start with the B Mac and his audio adventures. It was fun to watch fights with those guys for a little bit. You and I were messaging frequently because the fights went slow and then fast. It was a blast. It was so funny slash me hate jealous, boy band jealous of all of your antics about what was going on, and there was just so much. It was uh, a blast of a weekend. I want to give a shout out to Dr. Chore and her staff. It seems like my bone is taking. And that's uh that's some real medicine. I'm like a boxing rap and an MMA glove away from being able to train in like two and a half, three months, give or take. So what a fun birthday gift to us all as we round third in this knuckle adventure. I started doing yoga again. So props to the BJJ for yoga crew and some of the work they're doing raf massive props to you your sister snapping some badass photos so to the kid a photography people got to see that it's fantastic you can already see some getting used and circulated as they should uh make sure you attribute and they're great photos so hit up the artists this is the type of stuff we're bringing to the table. So shout out to you and the five-star review you're going to give us this holiday season. We're free. We don't charge you. We, we don't charge anybody. We just, I mean, we barely, I don't know. We just turned ads on at YouTube. Everyone's fine. Give us five stars. You get those shout outs. Eric Cobra Co. Fighting and Grappling Industries. These are several of the crazies at Jubera. They also have Shanji coming this coming Saturday. Super bummed. I'm going to miss out on that. Guy's defense is just unbelievable. I love that about his last seminar. I took uh, an in-depth Shanji workshop, and it was just super helpful to the game in terms of calming down, basing up, using some more raft defense, and uh, getting some tips. Mm. That's going to do it for me, Hafa Esparza. Okay. You know, I, I thank so many of you, and if I, I can't impress this enough, thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody for a phenomenal weekend. Um, from Gordon's seminar to uh, my last day training at Gracie Humida yesterday, it, it, it's been amazing just to to get the kind of experience that we do. And a lot of that is due in part to you guys who listen to the show because I don't ever expect things whenever I come to this this realm we have so many of you guys who come up and say how much you love this show, and that's always great because if I'm, you know, not with Kevin, I love relaying that to him and being like, yo, dude, people liked us. I didn't get three middle fingers today like normal. People said they actually like what we do. So that's always uh, a great, great way of uh, supporting the podcast. 
Another great way of supporting the podcast, go to kosportsgear.com. Uh, check out their social media page. It's about to start getting more lit. So we're very excited for all of that happening. And you guys want to go ahead and follow them as well. KO Sports Gear on the Instagrams. Keep an eye out. There's going to be some really fun stuff going on over there. I also want to go ahead and shout out Valley Martial Arts Center. Be Mac! So valleymac.com right now if you want to sign up for a tournament. White and blue belts this Sunday. Going down December 10th if you guys are looking for a good one. I believe the price has just increased a little bit. Uh, I think it used to be 40 bucks. It might be like 50 now, which is not that expensive. So if you're looking for a good tournament experience for your white or blue belts, head on over to that one. Also, I just want to make sure that people know the USSGL is looking to return. I will have more information on that very soon. Big shout out to the Los Angeles Jiu-Jitsu Club. JJC. I think this is going to be one of the more interesting things to see how we develop in the next week and a half. We know it's Nogi Worlds. We're hoping to see all of you guys there. If you're coming into town, hit me up and let me know. I'd like to introduce or help facilitate an open mat for all of the orphans coming in from all over the place. And uh, we want to make sure you guys are well, well taken care of. All right. Having said all that, biggest shout out to Joey. And Rob, thank you guys so much for uh, giving us great hosting throughout the weekend. You took us to a, a number of amazing places to eat, drink beer. Um, I just I, I can't say enough good things. It was good to be in, in y'all's home state. And uh, there's uh, such great things happening in Texas. And I'm so blessed to have seen what's going on there. And I'm happy to see uh, the good things that are, are, are going down that way. Um, but thanks to everybody from EBI. We, we have such a seamless relationship. They let me have these great interview moments and let me do kind of whatever I want whenever I go to these things. And it's always nice. My thanks to the people over at Fight to Win. Same deal. Um, looking forward to seeing more things come from the Muscle Farm folks. So Jeff Chu and all of those great people, thank you very much for your help and your awesome hospitals. All right. The biggest of all things, however, goes to my sister. I can't tell you how much fun this is that, you know, this was at what Thanksgiving table. We were like, maybe we should go. Who the fuck has that discussion at Thanksgiving Unless you're both training. Crazy but my sister was like, I want to go. I want to sport jujitsu. Yeah, crazy workaholics indeed. And my sister beasted it through. So I, I do implore you guys, support her at Kid A Photography. That's Kid A Photo on Instagram and Kid A Photography on Facebook. And if you're so inclined to do so, you can look for photos that were from the Ana Invitational and from previous things that we've shot. That's going to be on our Smug Mug. So go to Smug Mug and look up Kid A Photo. And uh, that's going to be where you can purchase some because here's the thing, guys. You want to support your local communities, not just the grapplers, but the people who help make the grapplers look good. So pick up some photos. We try and keep the cost low. And uh, if you have any questions, feel free to hit me up. But you know what, Kev? That's going to do it for me. That'll do it for us tonight, folks, here at Verbal Tap. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Good night. Keep it weird. At this time.